Welcome to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up 8 o'clock today, we will talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Find out why Corey Coleman was traded. Most people think it's because he wasn't very good. I... I don't know. It remains to be seen, I think, uh, what happens. I think the part of that the whole thing, staying out late with Kenny Britt, was probably part of it. A lot of speculation on that on Twitter yesterday. 8 o'clock, we'll find out from Scott from winningfornextyear.com for sure what happened there. Also at 8 o'clock, starting today, back to sending you out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll do that at 8 o'clock this morning, your first keyword. Uh, that will be 8, 9, and 11 this morning. Also, multiple opportunities a little later in the day. Those will be your first three, 8, 9, and 11. This morning, can't wait to talk to Scott. I would have to imagine that trading Corey Coleman out of here is at least the Browns thinking we're we may be getting Josh Gordon back. I would be I, I if you're trading wide receivers for a late round draft pick. My guess is you think he's coming back. Yeah. Now I, on the Josh Gordon saga, obviously we had told you about a rumor that we had heard that there was a failed test and that there was going to be problems with Josh Gordon. I was called a lunatic, crazy. Then next thing you know, two days later, Josh Gordon's like, "Uh, I can't be in camp right now. I'm going to go just, uh, I'm going to bail. Oh, by the way, this had been our plan all along. (laughs) Yeah, right. So what I think happened here is, and this is what I was told, and that's why I think it, is the team was testing Josh Gordon outside of what the mandated tests are. Something popped, and I had heard it was a performance issue, not necessarily THC issue. You got to understand, do trainers, all kinds of stuff. They give these guys stuff, and they forget. It's like there's a that list of banned substances in the NFL is like six pages long. So I could see something maybe going, oh, damn it, we forgot about that. I could see that maybe. And then I heard what the Browns had done was like, all right, get them out of here and send them to a facility because the NFL, I from what I've been told, now I don't know this, but from what I've been told, the NFL cannot test you if they send you out. Like if you're if you're like, hey, I'm gonna go regroup. Like they cannot test you for that, and that they were like, get him out of here before he officially pops on something, and then we don't have him. I don't buy the Josh Gordon didn't want to be on hard knocks, and that's why we got him out of here over his mental health. The guy's been releasing training videos since he left. So if his buddy can point a Snapchat camera at him, then why can't we point an HBO camera at him? Makes no that that argument makes no sense. But if you're trading away Corey Coleman, if you're giving up wide receivers for nothing, nothing. My guess is it's because you think your wide receiver core is going to be okay and you're going to get your player back. Now, where this gets interesting is Dane Bugler on Twitter says the Browns had eight first-round picks from 2012 to 2016. None of them, none of them are still on this team. The only pre-2017 first-round picks on the roster are all from other teams. Zeitler, Randall, and Robinson. In four seasons, the Browns picked eight first-round picks, none of them with the team. Wow. Wow. Now, some of those guys have been traded away and went on to do some things for some other teams, and the Browns gave up on guys maybe before they should have. Some of that is true. But overall, if you've got eight in four years and none of them on your roster, either, fine, then you picked guys who didn't fit your schemes, or you pick guys who were like, dude, I'm stuck here. I'm not going to play here. I'm just going to do this until I get traded. No matter how you cut it, it's bad. You know what I'm saying? You you come a million different ways at it. It's all bad. This is why all year long, what have I been happiest about with the Cleveland Browns? Wasn't Josh Gordon? Wasn't Tyrod Taylor? what What have I been happiest most with the Cleveland Browns? It was the hiring of John Dorsey. Because I have said over and over again, I believe John Dorsey is a real NFL caliber GM. It's, dude, you can't run this all on analytics. 
analytics doesn't measure heart. It doesn't measure fourth and two, fourth quarter, down by three. What do we do? Offensive line push. We get, we, you know, you get the first round. It doesn't measure that. It doesn't measure that. You can talk to me about 40 times and all that. Fine, whatever. It doesn't measure a man. And at some point, dude, you need a guy who can look at thick bodies on a field and go, yes, no, yes, no. John Dorsey has proven throughout his career he can pick talent. Now, nobody's 100%, but I believe that that guy in a GM office is going to lead to good things for the Cleveland Browns. Eight picks, four years, first rounders, none of them on the team. I was so early on Sashi being a mess. I was so early on that. Hey, we're going to go get these guys who have never done this before, and we're going we're gonna to think outside the box. Yikes. We'll find out from Scott from winningfornextyear.com exactly what the hell went on with Corey Coleman. Now. Speaking of Snapchat and pointing cameras at people, you will not believe what is happening. Well, actually, you probably will. Snapchat dysphoria is real, and it's coming to a woman near you. That's next on Rock 106.9. Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. If you've been paying attention to uh, the news a little bit recently, one of the big stories is social media platforms are down. And I've been calling for this for a while. I've been saying, dude, look, I think in the end, people are going to get tired of it. I think, and I know it sounds crazy, but you got to remember, dude, we have shows on networks like VH1 called I Love the 80s and I Love the 90s. I Love the 2000s filled with things that people thought they were going to love forever and that they no longer have. So when you say to people, oh, yeah, dude, one, one day Facebook won't exist. No way. People are never going to not want to give out their opinion. Yeah, I think at some point they will. I think more and more people being banned from sites like InfoWars now banned from Facebook. See ya. Gone. Banned it. The more and more you start doing that kind of stuff and the more and more you start going, you know what, this is our ideology and you either fall in line or we're throwing you off or you either fall in line or we'll organize mob attack to come after you. I think the more and more that happens, people are going to want to run away from it. I've been saying this for a while now. And actually, we're going to get into James Gunn being thrown off, you know, directing that next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. That will be a little later in the program. But what did I say a couple of months ago about social media? That sooner or later, we're going to keep job hunting these celebrities. And then what? The movers, shakers, influencers will go, you know what? I don't want to be on this. And then they'll be the first ones to yank off of it. And then when the people you admire, the people you wish you were, aren't on it, it will make it less desirable and you won't want to be on it. And then the end will come. And you got to do this. These these companies need to be, they need to be wary of everything they're doing right now. Trying to make sure only one view gets said is the dumbest thing you could ever, ever do. But the internet is hell-bent on it. Hell-bent on it. I mean, Twitter should just be called woke.com. Like, that should just be the name of that site. But one social media platform is, I think, probably going to be okay if this story is to be believed. Where a new phenomenon is sweeping the nation, and I can't even be shocked because this is how dumb the average person is. And make no mistake, the average person, pretty dumb. Snapchat uh, dysmorphia is completely real, they say. If you don't know what Snapchat really is, it's like a, well, it's basically a boob and D-pick exchanger. That's essentially what it is. And then they have... 
filters that you can apply. So people will take selfies and then you can put like deer ears on you and like all this stuff. And for some reason, chicks love putting animal ears on their head. I don't know. I have no idea what that, what that is. But for some reason, chicks love pictures where they look like Bambi. I don't get it. I mean, I get it if you're seven. You know what I'm saying? Oh, look at this. And like, and I get a little bit of like, the first time, maybe you're like, oh, dude, look, oh, look at this. At hey, changing my face into like a monster or whatever. But like, okay, we've had that for a while now. What, while. Are, what, are, what, are we, what are we still doing this for? So apparently what women and, and some men are doing is they're seeking out cosmetic surgery and getting like their faces hacked up so they can officially and always look like filtered versions of themselves instead. Getting fuller lips, bigger eyes, thinner nose. Those filtered selfies, they say, often present an unattainable look and are blurring the line of reality and fantasy on these patients. Now, I've talked about this before, where I know a young woman who was an attractive young woman, but probably was not as attractive as all the women she hung out with, right? She got some surgeries. And the first one was kind of noticeable, and then the second one was a little noticeable, and then in the middle somewhere, she kind of got like a hot zone, where it was like, oh my god, you nailed this. You nailed this. Like, fastball right down the middle. Jesus, you look great. Right? But then what happened? Started getting a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. What if I just fix this? Or if I just fix this? And then I'll just do this. And this is what I've always said. Always, Dude, going back to 2007 on the radio, I have said about plastic surgery, Bro, you're trying to fix a God-sized hole with a scalpel, and you're never going to do it. If you look in the mirror and and don't see something that makes you happy, hacking up your face isn't going to do it. That's an emotional problem you're trying to fix in a doctor's office. It won't happen, bro. That's soul-searching that's got to fix that. Your life's got to fix that. A scalpel's not going to fix that. Now, if you were in a fire, what? fine. If you are in a car accident, we want to get skin grab fine but if you're just walking around jackson and you're kind of just kind of pulling on your tummy and you're kind of doing this i'm telling you plastic surgery is not going to make you happy it's not because ultimately what it is and what you know it is is a cheap easy route to what you want if you actually worked for what you want especially with the weight loss you would get you would get the, the, the fulfillment out of accomplishment and you wouldn't need the scalpel you wouldn't need it because the accomplishment would feel good because that's how that god-sized hole then closes this is honestly, dude, people who get too much plastic surgery, I'm telling you, it's a mental health issue. I think it's like a lot of other things where if you, of course, you can get addicted to it. You For can sure go you way too far with it and yeah. it can totally For be, sure it can totally, in my opinion, be something that is very negative in your life. I think like if one nose job isn't what I'm talking about. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. That's not what I'm talking there about. Is, there is times in life where it's like, oh my God, dude, if you fix that, like you'd feel better okay. about yourself. You'd feel more confident about yourself. I get that, but you're hundred percent right where it's like, dude, this can go south quickly. If you have 10 surgeries in a year, you got a problem. I have had, I have had technically. I have had cosmetic surgery. Okay. I had, um, so I fell down in a hallway in a school when I was a kid, broke my front two teeth, smashed them right up. Actually, it looked like, it looked like diamonds spilled on the floor. That's what it looked like. Right. Got them bonded. We're talking mid eighties. Technology wasn't great. Right. Get to high school. One of them cracked, whatever. My parents were poor, never had any money. So I never really got it fixed. Right. So then I went actually, once I got some health insurance, got it fixed and I felt way better about myself. And I have ever since felt way better, much, much more confident so that I can get one, two things here, there. I'm fine. 
But, dude, if you are back and you are constantly doing this, it's because you were unhappy on a mental level. I think it's when you're fundamentally trying to change the way you look, when it's like, I want to look like a celebrity or I want to look like this Snapchat filter. That's the problem. It's not like, damn, dude, my nose is too big for my face. Like, son of a bitch, look at this thing. Because that happens, like, such is life. Sure. And like, but, but once you start getting into the territory of, like, make me look like Justin Timberlake or make me look like I do on this Snapchat filter or, or, or you know, that's, that's where I see, like, eh, you're probably having a problem. Dude, if I'm a doctor, I mean, again, they're not really going to, like, hey, I'm going to put deer ears on you. They're just, like, filling people's lips or doing more stuff. But again, what they're saying here is, is you're trying to to, to attain these looks and they're not really I mean dude first of all you can really tell like every like I kind of like the fake lip thing like I do kind of like the fake lip thing I can't lie as a guy who's like being pretty judgmental about all this stuff right now I do kind of like the fake lip thing but again it's a it's a it's a tight window because if you plump those things up too much it's like you look like an alien do you think that because all the things that we listed within that story are the things that people were getting done already? Prior. Do you think that that I mean, what is, why why is it different now than it was twenty years ago? Because women wanted smoother skin and plumper lips twenty years ago. Because at least then I do believe that it was at least being somewhat derived from you. Where now okay. I think this is all all about the social media pressure. This is why teen suicide's up. It's because of social media. This is why all this stuff is happening. It's because you were constantly releasing dopamine in your brain by pressing buttons on a phone, and it leads to no real happiness. So at the end of the day, dude, you feel nothing but despair. It's all trying to keep up with the Joneses, and you can't do it. And then on top of all that, then what's the other thing social media does? Here's bad news, and you shouldn't feel good about yourself for this. That's all it is. So no wonder you're not happy. Yeah, and you're not even really keeping up with the Joneses no. anymore because it's like you're not keeping up with your neighbors. You're keeping up with this fakeness. World. Yes, right. Well, right, right, this fakeness in the world. So And everybody's faking it. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, at its core, we're all just sitting there putting our best foot forward, except for the people who don't and who are like, hey, here's all my problems. Either way, though, yeah, there's an unrealistic expectation set on people of like, this is what you're supposed to be. And of course, that's going to lead to problems as we go further along. Here. Yeah, I, I just, if I was dating somebody and she said to me, I'm going to do this, I just, I would want to spend a lot of time talking to her about where did this idea come from? What is the motivation? I mean, I get it if, 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 yo, dude, I've been doing sit ups for the past two consecutive years and I've still got this love handle and I can't get rid of it and like, Okay, that's something, but you're right. If it's just out of nowhere, like, hey, I want this done, I want this done, I want this done, I want this done. First of all, who's paying for that? Bitch, all right, we right? gotta be we gotta be real careful here. But we know somebody that got some, I, I guess technically some cosmetic surgery. They got that lap band surgery, okay? And I didn't really feel like the person needed that, but she felt like she needed it. Okay, so if you feel like you need it, fine. Okay, whatever. But I really do believe that she thought that not only was that surgery then going to make her a thinner person, but it was going to make her an all-around happier person. That being thinner would then make her all the way around happier. And I think initially, she was happier initially because you're just so ecstatic about it. But now, what has that been? Two years? Closer to two years than not, right? Yeah. And I, we get along with this person great. 
So it's not necessarily about my interaction with that person or your interaction with them, but, but do you believe that person is that much happier today? I don't know if that much, but I do think she's happier. I do. I, I think she's more confident, but I don't know. I mean, oh, see, that's it, where I was going to go. I don't think it's actually affected the confidence. Well, and I think that, that there's a there's a deficit there from the jump. Like, even that's but a my far point, But my point is that, that that was there, and we thought the fix was going to be this. But in the end, that did it fix maybe... Maybe 10% of that, 20% of it, fine, find me the percentage. But it wasn't anywhere near 80 because it's still there and we're still dealing with it. And that's what I think, that's what people got to realize is that get the surgery you want, fine. But I would spend a ton of time self and, you know, looking inward about what is my motivation here? That surgery, just like, you know, you can't you can't be like, well, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start a diet. It's like, no, dude, it has to be all encompassing. You have to do more than just have that surgery. Yeah, it, it, that dude, that's probably a fair and honest, like where we should be. If you are going to lay down for those surgeries, there probably should be at least a consultation before and after. Of well, like, I believe hey, here's kinda, what's going on. I kind of I, I think they kind of have to do that now. But any here's here's just a good rule of thumb. Anything you're going to spend 10 grand on flip. The coin a couple of times about whether or not you should spend the 10 grand you know what i mean i would do that with you know with anything used car i would do it with anything and especially when it came to hacking up my face and i definitely wouldn't do you got one face you got one that's it they screw that up and especially do you really want to do now i watch i i i don't want to get sued by a doctor but could you imagine plastic surgery in northeast ohio <sighs> bro i gotta tell you I, I i don't think i'm messing with that more sans ratio right around the corner you guys hang on the Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also in the studio trying to figure out how to ump jump the boogie. I don't know what Kid Rock the Hell's been talking about. It's been 15 years. I have no idea. Dude, what is uh, I Dude, did somebody teach me how to do Dude, I just learned how to dug yesterday. How do I up jump the boogie? I like at the end, too. Kid Rock starts laughing at himself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he's laughing at us for buying the record. True. So playing it twenty years later. I think I think that's what he's I think that might be what he's doing there. Do violent crime out of control. It's out of control. Uh, you're gonna be hearing a lot about Chicago uh, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess forty four people were shot over the weekend in Chicago. I think something like six or something were fatal. You're gonna start hearing a lot about that today. That'll be uh, really annoying on Twitter. But violent crime is out of control, and I got proof right here coming out of North Carolina where a nine year old was robbed at gunpoint. A nine-year-old. He was on the side of the road. He was selling lemonade in Union County, North Carolina. And now uh, the police have to get involved as they have to investigate an armed robbery of a nine-year-old boy after his lemonade stand was stuck up Saturday afternoon. Wow. Okay. I saw two kids selling lemonade in Canton about a week ago, and I was like, oh, I can't even believe people still do that. Hey, stranger, stop your car and talk to me. Like, I, I just, okay, I, okay. I, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, I can't believe that's still a thing. And then on top of that, like, let's go back to North Carolina where this happened now. How desperate and crappy of a human being are you where you're like, you know, who's got the money? You know, who's got, you know, who's got that, that bread knot in the pocket? I guess when you're looking at it from the perspective of the criminal, Easy target for sure, right? I mean, what was what's a nine year old gonna do? Yeah, but what are you getting? Like, what's a what's a lemonade stand gonna have? 
I mean, what's a cup of lemonade on the side of the road go for? 75 cents? A dollar, a quarter, something like that. No more than a dollar, no less than a quarter, right? I'm thinking maybe you could get $2 for a glass of lemonade. Maybe. Okay. But uh, in a nice neighborhood. Right, 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 right. I mean, $30 that the kid had on him, maybe? I would say 30 is probably the high end. I do know what he got away with. You want to take a guess at it? it I will give you this much. It's under 30. Under 30. I, I, I mean, 10? 17 bucks. 17 bucks. So one crack rock and a pack of, like, you know, marathon menthols. And there it is, dude. And I mean, that's the order. And I and guess that's what it if, is, right? If, if that guy felt like that was enough, but God damn, dude. I mean, I understand there's criminals in the world and, and morals isn't necessarily a part of what they think about every single day. No. But like, a, a nine-year-old that you're stealing from, like, with a gun, too. Not even like, okay, there's a nine-year-old, and I'm just going to swipe the money away from him and run. Right. You pulled a gun on a kid. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what was the nine-year-old out there? What, what one, you know, sweatpant leg pulled up to the knee, the other one right. all the way down, pantana, you know? I mean, come on, like, you needed a gun? Like, come Halloween, I don't need a gun to take the, you know, the pillowcase away from the kid. I'll get the, bitch, I'll have, I'll get the Twix. I'll have it. You know what I mean? Like, you needed a gun to knock over a nine-year-old? And just imagine how scared that nine-year-old must have been. Not so scared. As a matter of fact, the next day, mom, dad, kid out on the front lawn doing it all over again. Really? Now, were the parents there when this happened, or this was just nine-year-olds sitting out there? I don't think so. I think that was one of those things. Hey, we're going to go inside, probably. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing all right. We'll look at it from the window. And then next thing you know... (laughs) Rob, that is wow, terrible. Dude, that's absolutely awful. I, dude, I, I look. There are plenty of times to stop and evaluate your life before you knock over a lemonade stand on the side of the road. Wow. That is definitely, definitely one of them. Look back in the rearview mirror at Hall of Fame weekend next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock, we'll send you out to Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Imagine Dragons, Jack White, Childish Gambino, Sam Smith, plenty of others. Okay. We'll also get you out of Ohio, send you to Las Vegas. Okay. 8 o'clock is when you get your first keyword of the day. Another one at 9, another one again at 11 this morning with Teresa. And then throughout the day as well. Also at 8 o'clock, Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on what happened with the Browns uh, moving Corey Coleman to Buffalo for basically nothing. Late round draft pick. Basically telling everybody, we want Corey out of here. We Just get him out. Whatever we can get for him, we want him out. You're right. You brought it up at the beginning of the show, the Josh Gordon thing. They have to think he's coming back because if not, you just can't start trading away wide receivers from a terrible wide receiver, you know, or a traditionally terrible wide receiver core. So they got to have a plan. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that whole thing pans out. Hard Knock starting tomorrow. We'll talk to Scott about that, too. Uh, Is that tomorrow? Yeah, it starts tomorrow. Oh. As a matter of fact, I just updated my Hulu account uh, to drop Showtime and then add uh, HBO so I can start to watch that. I mean, I've watched Hard Knocks before, but it was never my team, so I guess there was a little bit of, is it a week behind or is it two weeks behind? I don't rem- I don't remember how that goes. I, 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 I don't even think it's a full week. I think they turn the production around in like 48 hours. Okay. Is what, is what happens okay. there. I, if I'm... If, Maybe it's a full week. The production gets turned around pretty fast. So we'll talk to Scott about all that coming up at 8 o'clock. Keeping with football, they're obviously Hall of Fame weekend this past weekend. Um, I had a ton of fun first Friday. It was gluttonous as hell. Uh, I need to get in the gym today. <laughs> like, I drank. Dude, I got hammered Friday night. Like, hammered. Um, But it was a good time. My buddy Seth and I went out. We had a good time. Um, it was not as heavily as attended as I... Uh, as I would have predicted, given the fact that uh, 
Ray Lewis got inducted. And so six hours, Baltimore, not that far. Then you got Urlacher. That's, again, Chicago, six hours, not that far. I figured both those fan bases were going to travel really, really, really well. And I'm sure that they did, but it just didn't seem like First Friday was as busy as like my first year um, at Hall of Fame weekend. It's always the busiest one of the year. and But I felt like it was kind of good because it was busy enough to where it was still like everybody made money, I'm sure. But it wasn't like so busy. It was like, ah, dude, get me the hell out of here. Like, I felt like it was like the perfect zone. And that was great. I'll tell you who did travel really well, and I was surprised, was Philly fans. I saw Eagles fans everywhere this last weekend. I would assume they're still riding pretty high off of a Super Bowl victory, very football, like, yeah, dude, we love it. Yeah, dude, we're totally going to the Hall of Fame this year, right? Yeah, and I'm guessing there's a little T.O. factor there, right? I'm guessing maybe there's a little T.O. factor there. Now, uh, obviously, he did not come to town. He did his, uh, he did his, at where it is, alma mater, his like college, where he went to college. I forget exactly where that is. Um, and then I heard he was working out for a Canadian football team the following day. Which is, dude, T.O., what are you doing? Like, dude, you're a Hall... I understand Johnny Manziel. Like, I get that, right? Because you're trying to prove to people you can still play. Right. T.O., you're in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You want to play flag football in your backyard with your kid? Fine. You want to go play organized football when you're in the Hall of Fame? I mean... I, I, I totally get what you're saying, because to me, why, Does, the, hell, why the hell are you doing that, well, dude? Well, it cheapens it, doesn't it? Um, I don't know. Does, like... They don't, they don't have another option. You know what I'm saying? There's no other real avenue for them to go to. It's not like you can go play the senior tour. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there is no... And how much money is it? Because that's where that's where it would be to me. It's like, dude, if you're walking in there, like, Dwayne Wade just got just got offered, I think it was $20 million from a Chinese basketball team. Really? And at that point, it's like, well, dude, you can make $2 million playing in the NBA or you can go make twenty playing in China. I get it, bro. Like, I genuinely do. Is he going to do that? I don't know. I, I, oh. I, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's been finalized uh, uh, or anything, uh, uh. but it, the offer's out there. So if, if that Canadian football team's offering me I don't know, half what, a million? Dude, what's it going to pay? Seventy five grand. Hundred and fifty grand. I was gonna. I was gonna say half a million would probably five hundred thousand would probably be the line for. I would think it would make it worth it for you. Ah, uh, I I don't know. I yeah. I just I think it's a bad look. Don't get me wrong. There's yeah. a way to sell me on the money. I understand that. There's always a way to sell me on the money. But you're a hall of famer, bro. That's rare air. I don't know how many people are in the Hall of Fame. I think it's under 50 wide receivers are in it, though. I think it's something like that. I think it's very, very exclusive. So, dude, if you're in that rare air, and your whole thing was is that you were a surefire Hall of Famer and they weren't giving you enough credit for being one, then I don't think going to Saskatchewan Mustangs is the do it. I'm guessing the name. I don't know. See, but I think that is kind of one of the things why it's pushing it towards him is because it's like... You screwed me over. You 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 kept me out for three years, which I guess is screwing you over. I, I I feel like the slap in the face is almost like a bonus to him, where it's like, yeah, dude, I, I'm gonna go play arena football now. I'm gonna go play Canadian football now. Yeah, I guess I, I don't I don't see it that way, but yeah, I do take your point, and that's what To is thinking. Right. I just don't understand that kind of thinking. I do want to look back at Hall of Fame weekend. Now that it's over, I can be like, why did we do that? Okay, right? Okay. I don't ever really want to like you know shoot anything in the foot before it happens, especially with an esteemed partner like that. But like, I gotta tell you, I don't love the way they do it. I don't love the changes. I think that I think the game. Now I understand why the NFL wants the game on Thursday night. If you've been paying attention to what the NFL's been doing, it makes all the sense in the world why the Hall of Fame game is on Thursday night. The NFL has been stacking. 
Thursday night football. Because what happens with Thursday night football? They carry it. Their networks carry it. And they've been screwing over ESPN with Monday night football. That's why ESPN's Monday night numbers are down, but Thursday night NFL numbers are through the roof. Because all of the like the rival games are all Thursday night games on the NFL network and their partners. And so that's what they're I understand what the NFL is doing. They're trying to bolster Thursday night football as much as they possibly can because in the end of the day it is their TV product. Right. I totally get it. Makes all sense in the world. But from the weekend standpoint, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Like to me Saturday 5 o'clock, the weekend's over. Yeah, I mean, like starts. It's like I don't know when it starts. Again, I'm pulling like times, you know, off the air. But like I'm just saying, like by mid Saturday, I'm like, okay, well, we're done, right? Like we're done. Like it all day Sunday, you feel like, well, what's the point of this? Like there's no reason for Sunday. Don't get me wrong, it's still a day off. That that. But for wrapping itself around that weekend, it does nothing. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the concert series is awesome. I think they should continue doing that. I think that adds something special to the weekend. But Sunday night. If if you came into town and you're like, yo, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big Ravens fan. Ray Lewis, my favorite player of all time. Whatever. Who cares if he murdered a guy? Um, with that being said, okay, so I came, I saw him in the parade, saw the Ravens play that Thursday game. Why why am I sticking around for Maroon Five? Maroon Five's coming to Baltimore next, you know, next month. What am I what, what am I sticking around here for? Yeah, and I don't understand moving the concert. I don't get it. Now I know people are going, well because of the field. No, guys, no. We had a field issue once, one time, and it's because they used paint instead of stitching it in like every other football field in the world, right? But it's not the stage is going to affect the quality of play on the field. First of all, it's a preseason game. Dial it down. Second, they so if a, if, if, if a concert stage is going to affect the quality of the field, then what the hell do we do during the Super Bowl? You know, the championship game where they roll stages out there? Middle of a game. Middle, middle of, of a game. Middle, middle of, of a the game. championship game for the year. So if you can roll a stage out for that, then Lee Bryce can play his drunk ass before we play a preseason game? I mean, you look no at... Sense. You look at the game as essentially the start of football, the the kickoff of the NFL season. It's the orgasm. It's the big, this we is go. what we're all waiting for, and you have it on Thursday. And then it's like, well, now what am I supposed to do? Make out with my wife for a while? No, I just I just did. I, I reached the top. I'm done. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this was sometimes thinking outside the box. Sometimes you got to find the box and jump back in it. I was going to say, I really think the NFL that, you know, f- Three, four years ago, maybe before things felt so uh, tumultu- tumultuous in their in their existence right now, is like, dude, get back to basics. Get back to Sunday is football day. Get back to that brand because you got to you kind of do have to refill the cup right now. Oh, I agree. There's plenty of stuff going on where it's like, dude, you got to get back to and, and I think a Sunday at one o'clock because it's not like. If it was Thursday and the official kickoff happened Thursday and there was 12 other games, preseason games that happened Sunday at 1, well, then maybe you've got a case, but nothing else happened Sunday, right? Like, we haven't hit anything else. Browns don't play again until no, uh, September something. Um, uh, no, not September. I'm sorry. Uh, that's not right. I, uh, that's, Thursday. I, I, I'm, I'm, thinking of the whole, I'm thinking of the official season kickoff. No, Thursday yeah, they play, yeah. There were, there, I think there were other games Thursday night. I think there were, like... Didn't somebody else play? Because somebody beat somebody like fifty six to nine or something. Like somebody, like I, the Rams, like smoked somebody. I think. 
I'm pre- they didn't nope. play yet? Nope. Nothing else happens again until Thursday the 9th. First game is Thursday the 7th. All right. That yep. must have been old tape because we were in a bar and I was like, why? I was like, did the Rams play? Because they they showed a score like 56 and they like smoked something. It must have been something old. I heard there was a fan fest Friday night at the Hall of Fame for fans. This is what Chris is tweeting in. He said that's probably what affected first Friday. My guess is, yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah. I, I, dude, I, I don't love all the changes. I It just, it, like, again, I was driving home Sunday I was driving around and I was like, this is Hall of Fame weekend and this feels like Sunday in the middle of like any other month. Like this doesn't it just doesn't feel right. It just feels anticlimactic. If Maroon 5 wasn't sold out, it was damn well close last night. I yeah, saw I pictures, by, yeah. and I mean, I saw, you know, there's a decent amount. Um, I think they said that the Saturday enshrinement dinner was the most heavily attended to date. Um, I went to the parade Saturday morning. It was probably six deep where I was standing. So I think numbers were good, but there, you're right. There was something so, like, it felt empty after. Well, it felt, it felt, But it felt empty Sunday. It felt like, well, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah, I was driving through the town, and I was just like, you would ne- and I, I remember thinking to myself, this is Sunday, Hall of Fame weekend, and you would have no idea. You would have zero clue. They've kind of just changed like the well, the orgasm point of that weekend. Like they just kind of, it's like y- 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 you blow it all out pretty much you know, Friday, and then it's kind of like, okay, well, now what do we do? And because if you don't go to the enshrinement, you know what I mean? Like, Right. And from Canton's perspective, if you're trying to keep these people here all weekend. If I want you, them here Sunday. If you give them the outs on Friday, they're going to take that out. Well, now, is that what they did, though? Is that what the hall did? And say, you know what? Yeah, Canton wants these people here on Sunday, but the people don't want to be. So in order to get them to continue to come here from Green Bay, Chicago, St. Louis, Minnesota, wherever, then make sure they can get the hell out of here early enough on Sunday morning to get back to where they live. May I mean, maybe that's the plan. I think that's Sunday, 1 o'clock. That's why it's the sweet spot. You're done by 4.30. You've got a decent amount of like, okay... You 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 can leave early. Yeah, but if you get let's say you leave the parking lot five o'clock. Now it's six hour ride back home. What is that? My, if my math's right, on Monday morning 11, 11 o'clock at night. Now you're trying to put your kids back to bed at like eleven thirty. I don't know. I mean, there's an argument that for me and you, yes, but maybe that's what they thought. But I don't know. I think if you're bringing your kids into Canton for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that you kind of understand that we're in for the long we're in for take the Monday. long haul here, right? Take Monday off. Yeah, take Monday. Yeah, there you go. Pretty easy. Yeah, it seemed like the concert uh, went pretty well when I drove by it. I didn't go. I didn't go to the game. didn't go to the concert. Jobs are pretty good, aren't they? More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 8 o'clock. Win your way to the iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's in Vegas. Sean Mendez, Imagine Dragons, Jack White, Childish Gambino, Sam Smith, and you. We'll send you at 8 o'clock. Get you out of Ohio. Send you to Las Vegas. Oh, God, I wish. I miss Las Vegas, man. I do. Uh, but you'll get to go. We'll send you at 8 o'clock. Also, talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Let me ask you this. I don't know because I didn't go to any of this stuff. But the game Thursday night now, this last weekend, and the enshrinement, like they go in Saturday. So did they announce those guys at the game Thursday night and they didn't have their jackets? No, because they don't get them till Saturday. So now the television product, the game, you don't. They didn't even at least give. I, I'm asking the question because I don't know. They didn't give them the jackets just to like put to wear to like have so the TV products look looks good. I mean, at that point, 
why just just switch it up? Yes, because you, you can't just give them the jackets and be like, nah. hey, give these back to and then us, and then back, we're going right. to hand it back to you, make this big ceremony out of it. That would make no sense. That makes so, no sense either. I get that. You're right. But it's like, dude, they're wow. on TV, and you don't want them, like, you don't want the gold on TV? Now, like we said, you know, attendance was good, and it seemed like everything went without a hitch, so, like, that's great. But, dude, this is just, this just seems so obvious to me. Yeah, like, it just seems like, yeah, yeah, it's a couple, like, dude, what the hell are you thinking? Like, a buddy of ours, Chris, who listens to the show all the time, he's like a diehard football fan, like a real NFL football fan. And, like, the Packers are, like, his thing, right? Loves the Packers. And he says he went to the Entrinity's Roundtable on Sunday. He says four inductees were there. The others, we were told, had issues and couldn't make it. And he goes, dude, the issues were they were in their cars on yeah. the way out of Canton. Yeah, they're already, they're already in the air. Like, yeah, that's the issue. Yeah, I think you got to figure out a way to keep spreading this out. Because if you're them... Why? Why am I sticking around on Sunday? Yeah. Like, I, dude, I got everything. I'm done. Right? You gave me the jacket. Game's you, done. done. The parade's done. I got my for you. What, what, what am I sticking around here? That's for? That's a wrap. I mean, it's good, but like, if you're not from here, you're like, dude, I'm getting. I don't even here. know about that. <laughs> dude, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, I mean, exactly right. That's a little weird. I would. Uh, I would. I, I would. I would. I would think you would want. The gold jackets on TV. Another guy tweeting it says, I was at the hall on Sunday and there was hardly anyone at the event. In years past, when the game was on Sunday, it was packed. The changes kind of aren't the best, he's, uh, he's saying. I, yeah, I don't know what the event, I, I don't know what they did there yesterday. So, like, I, I don't know what that event was. So, I don't know if that would always be heavily attended or not or, or what the thing was. But, like, yeah, if, if, if you blow your wad, essentially Friday, well, Saturday with the enshrinement. A lot of people care about that. So, like... Then Sunday just feels like now again, like I said, if you're in from out of town, maybe the thought for the NFL is like get these people from out of town, let them get back to their home. I think top of the mountain has to be kickoff, no matter what. No, then Shrinees and yes, and like giving them their jackets and making a big deal about them. But the true to the heart, bigger than the the concept of like, well, no one player is bigger than the, than the brand, and you know, protect the shield and all that, dude. The the payoff is football. It is this season. It's now. It's no longer baseball season. We're playing football. You got to you got to do that at the end. The the first year, the year Aerosmith played, our first year was the game on Thursday night. No, it was on Sunday because I remember we we went to that. We went to that. I know we went to that game, and I know we had to work that next morning. I know it, dude. Because remember, you well, got we would that, have had to work Friday morning. But you got that. You got that hotel or that that Airbnb for the weekend. For the weekend. No, I'm a hundred percent sure of it. I mean, not to like, but that was the first night me and my girlfriend had sex. Like, I know it for a fact, dude. I know it for a fact. That was a Sunday night. Huh. Yeah, I think it was. I know it was. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. Because I remember sitting at that Mexican restaurant, uh-huh. and I remember saying, "I can't believe how tired I'm going to be tomorrow." Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I I don't love it. I'm sure there's a great reason. I wasn't in the room. I don't know why. I don't want to second guess, but it just does seem a little backwards. I don't quite understand that one. If you won the lottery, you're going to quit your job. But there are 11 people who aren't going to. I can't figure this out. That's next on Rock 106.9. Morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Win your way out to the... Is it 2018? <laughs> what year is it? 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Yep. Sean yep. Mendez, Imagine Dragons, Jack White, Childish Gambino, Sam Smith, a slew of others. Couple of days out there in Las Vegas. We'll get you hooked up at 8 o'clock. Uh, I need some help from the audience. Okay. We're trying to put together New Tour Tuesday for tomorrow. 
And I can't remember if we... 311's covered The Offspring. And I can see that we downloaded it from our service. But I don't know if we ever did it on the Tuesday segment. I don't think we did. I like The Offspring. (laughs) Don't much care for 311. So I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. Tell us our... Teach us how to do our jobs. Did we already did we do, do this? I don't, I don't know. know. I can't remember. I'll have to look back and uh, think about that. But that might be part of tomorrow's program. I saw this, and uh, we need this, and we need it soon. And it's the pot breathalyzer. More and more states are going to legalize marijuana. I believe this is one of the major holdups with this, is that people are like, well, wait a minute. We can't just you know unleash this drug and then not be able to tell if people are on it when we're pulling them over and stuff. And I can understand that. I really can. As a guy who wants marijuana legalized, I understand that if we're going to do something with alcohol, then we probably need to do it with with the marijuana. Just to people who don't smoke weed and aren't like, oh, well, I've passed drug tests before. You can drug test. You just have no idea where they hide in that moment. You can right. when you take a drug test. That's up to thirty days ago. So right. it's like you, you don't know how stoned somebody is in that moment, which makes it very hard to arrest somebody to prove that they were under the influence. So yeah, this is something that's needed. Hound Labs CEO Mike Lynn says that they now have it. They claim that they have made a major breakthrough in creating what um, what people feel like we need, which is a marijuana breathalyzer. And he says, we are trying to make the establishment of impairment around marijuana rational and, and to balance fairness and safety. Okay? They're Thank out God. Of, they're out of Oakland, California. He now says... That this breathalyzer that they have, which, by the way, also doubles as an alcohol breathalyzer as well. A little two for one right yeah, there. Yeah, a little two for one. Okay. That it measures whether or not there is any THC in your breath, and they say that it's a two-hour window. Okay. Which is what okay. most people consider to be prime, you know, um, inebriated state. Is Prime, like, high state would be two hours. Okay. Right? And I think that that's a pretty good window. That if you were to, because what I don't want is a marijuana test, roadside test that is like, well, that alerts somebody that I smoked today, but that was 12 hours ago, so I wouldn't still be under the influence of it. So what you don't want is that. What you don't want is people getting DUIs for something when they're not currently under the under the influence, but just because they had used said substance earlier that day. I don't want that. Yeah, two hours. It doesn't work like that way with DUIs. You can right. You you can have a mimosa with breakfast, a couple of them, and then you know Uber home, and then sit at home all afternoon, sober up, then get in your car and go to dinner, and you're you're perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. So then the same rule needs to apply with the marijuana then too. Two hours is probably appropriate. I that's feel good. I feel like that's a little long, but for this sake, for the sake of this conversation, I'm okay with it. If you told me that that was going to be the rule of thumb, though. Yeah. And that I, as a grown-up, said, okay, I'm going to get what I want, but then the rub is going to be that I'm, it's going to be this window. I would have to give in on that. Well, and just because marijuana, the effects of marijuana wear off of me in an hour doesn't necessarily mean that's true for everybody, nor is it safe to say, like, well, you don't feel stoned anymore, therefore you're not impaired at all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can not feel drunk but be over the legal limit. Yeah, yeah. yeah now, that's where yeah. this kind of gets a little tricky is because there is still no solid agreement on what level of THC in your breath, bloods, or saliva would constitute being functional impairment. Like, we now know what the limit of alcohol is. We've moved it, right? They don't know where to set the limit of impairment with marijuana at the rate. There's no .08 yet. 
Um, They're trying to figure out where that is. Yeah, I mean, we're we're a new uncharted territory here, so I can't be like, well, dude, the whole system's effed up. No, of course, like you gotta, we gotta figure this out. Okay? Let me ask you something that I don't know the answer to. See if you All can right. Google this for me. Okay, is being high on marijuana? Can it be? Can it be different for the effect of people given their weight like alcohol can? Um, I don't, Does body mass do anything with that? I don't think so, right? I don't think so. My guess is if you were in getting into the edibles territory, that maybe. But if you were smoking marijuana, probably not. I, there's going to be things that that end up you know, differentiating between people, like your experience with it, obviously the potency of said product. Um, but I don't know if weight... Like you makes a difference. You know what the one problem with the marijuana breathalyzer is going to be? I'll tell you the one problem you're going to have with it, and it's the problem that a lot of you are going to have with it. This will be the thing that increases roadside sobriety tests fourfold. Those things would be done would be, I think, would be more conducted now even if they felt like they could track more things. Once you give a cop the ability to tell whether or not somebody smoked weed, get ready. Those things will be everywhere. Yeah, I, I hate roadside tests, but I can't disagree with that. That's going to be I the thing. I can't disagree with that. And I, I got to imagine they want to see this thing come out because of the money. What do I always say? They don't care about you. They don't care if you flip your car. They don't care at all. They, they, they want your money. And that if you do this, if you make the pop breathalyzer, dude, I mean millions of dollars. I was going to say hundreds of thousands, but that's crazy. It will be millions of dollars will be brought in by that. Millions. I can't find out anything. Do people get less or more stone because of their body fat I don't content? Think so. But I mean, it Pretty sticks wrong. in your fat cells for longer. longer. Yeah. So, like, Part of the are testing. we getting into? But are we getting into? Well, and it's breath. Is that going to be like, yo, is it unfair to fat people because they have more THC stored up in their bodies? Therefore, when they take this test, is it going to be like tougher for them to get over it? Well, I think you just got to understand that that's part of the thing. You know what I mean? And that if you want something, that you can't just open the gate and then free fall it. Like I said, dude, uncharted territory. There's going to be like, oh, I don't know what we should do here. What should we do right. here? There's, there's, that's a natural part of this yeah, conversation. You'll have probably six missteps, and then we'll get it figured out and be like, oh, okay, this is how we're going to get this figured out. You know what I mean? Brian just sent me a message. Weight of the person does not matter. It's a percentage of your blood volume, which varies depending on your weight. I don't I, I, I guess. Okay. All right. Yeah, I didn't think it would by smoking it. I think if you were talking about edibles because of the way you digest food and that kind of thing, I think maybe. Well, when does edibles become a part of this? Because a lot of people really, really enjoy edibles as opposed to smoking marijuana. And does this... I'm not a fan. Does this test for for dabs? Does this it, Will wax, will oils, will those register in the same well, way? I, I'm a little naive to this. I'm a little ignorant to this. That is still THC, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I would think that then it would still register. I mean, it's super THC at that point. But I just... It's something different. But the, I guess the, the THC is still going to be in your breath of eating an edible, right? Because it's going through your body, and so it start to, it's going to start to be in your saliva and like that kind of stuff, right? It, it, this, is, this is all stuff that has to go into this. Much like finding out what is the quote-unquote .08, it's like, well, how? There's a million different ways to get high nowadays. I know a lot of people probably uh, you know gave up, like, oh, yeah, I smoked weed in college. I know what you guys are talking about. And it's like, nah, dude, the game has changed considerably in the last yeah. 15 years. Do you can buy candy bars to get you high now. So, like, how American is that, by the way? There's going to there's gonna happen. <laughs> have to be there's gonna have to be tough conversations of like how does this and, and what do we do here but this is a huge and i mean huge step towards federal federal legalization once, i 100 believe that once you get to the breathalyzer what's the holdup? 
there is no more holdup. This is literally the last thing that's like stopping every because once you once you can make money off of people like breaking the the law, then you just let it go. And I'm gonna I've said this about marijuana a million times. I'm gonna say it one more. You can talk to me about you know back in the day what we did and it was the better system and no it's still on the laws and this and that. At the end of the day, I am told that America is a free country, right? You guys always tell me that, but Sansbury, I got freedom. In a free country, you need a reason to make something illegal, not a reason to make it legal. I'm an adult. Give me the goddamn product. Get over yourselves. More Stansberry Show, Scott from WinningForNextYear.com, and your shot at the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's all next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, fans, I'm from the Stansberry Show here. Honor Fighting Championship, bringing MMA action back to the flats. That's right. It is Honor Fighting Championship 6. It is fight night at Nautica, and all goes down August 18th up in Cleveland. Now, listen, tickets are already moving fast. I don't want you to get shut out, so go get yours at honorfightingchampionship.com. The lineup is already stacked, and it includes friend of the Stansberry Show, uh, the vanilla gorilla Nick Brashear. He'll be making his MMA pro debut at fight night. You don't want to get shut out on this, dude. Tickets still available, uh, including VIP packages. Get yours at honorfightingchampionship.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're about to send you out to Las Vegas here momentarily for the uh, 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Sean Mendez, Imagine Dragons, Jack White, Challenge Gambino, Sam Hunt, and you. We'll send you out there momentarily. However, first, got to talk to our good buddy Scott from winningfornextyear.com at WFNY Scott on Twitter. My man, let's just start with the Browns because obviously Hard Knock starts tomorrow. I know you know because you're where I heard it first. Corey Coleman, no longer a Cleveland Brown. Um, if I have my facts right, this is now like uh, like all the first round draft picks between 2012 and 2016. None of them are on the team anymore. Um, now, I didn't really have the problem with Corey Coleman. Other people seem to have. Um, was this about... You had speculated at, at your Twitter feed that this was about the staying out late with Kenny Britt issue. Do you really... Is that what you truly believe that, that where this went bad for Corey Coleman? I mean, well, for starters, I think people are, are more upset that what Corey symbolizes is missing out on Carson Wentz. Right. It's, yes. You know, you, yes. you trade you Fair trade point. down from number two. You could you could have if you would have put the top ten picks in a hat and picked one out, odds were you were getting a pro bowler. You know, given given the way that top five, top six shook out and, and they end up trading the, their their pick who they traded down from and you know, kinda ushered in the Sashi era, um, you know, two years later. Um, it has to be it has to be off field concerns uh, and character issues. Uh, he's he's had good he's had solid practices. This receiving core is very questionable. Um, you know, with the with the absence of Josh Gordon, who may or may not be returning by tomorrow. Um, and you know, so well, that's there, it has to be it has to be off field issues. I've you know I I've heard rumors and rumblings just like anybody else has about some of these guys uh, and their and their after hour habits. Um, you know, and and Corey was one of them from the day he got here. So. If it was, uh, if you hang out with the wrong people, you know, much like how Manziel and a couple of these guys clung to Dwayne Bow when he was here, um, you know, that's, that's this is this is where you end up. That's a fair point. As we're talking to Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com, that's interesting that you say Josh Gordon may or may not be back as early as tomorrow, and I find that very interesting because if he's back tomorrow, then it obviously had nothing to do with him not wanting to be on Hard Knocks because Hard Knocks is still going to be filming. 
So it's got nothing to do with that. If it was, oh, he just he, mentally, we don't know if he, he should be handling hard knocks, which I still think is ridiculous because the guy's been releasing workout footage since he's been gone. So if he can work out and have a camera pointed at him, I don't know what the HBO camera was going to do. I think that whole thing is all smoke and mirrors. I'm not convinced we're going to see him back that soon or maybe no. even at all. But uh, I, I'm hopeful that we do because I think that he makes them a way better team. He's going to be way or they will be way, way better with him than they would be without him. Now, if he does not return, and Corey Coleman now out, and all we're getting back from him is a late-round draft pick now from Buffalo, with Landry then being like the receiver, what do they do then to fill out the roster before the season starts? Are they going to look at another guy? Does Is Des a reality at that point? Well, the, the, the Gordon thing is not as much of a hard-knocks thing. Um if he's not back by tomorrow, he cannot be a restricted free agent until 2021 or 2020, wow. something like that. Wow. Um, so it's a, it's a contractual thing. Okay. Um, because if he is, you know, because the, the, you know, the, you know, quote unquote season starts, um, you know, from a, you know, it was, this is the, tomorrow's the day where, you know, these camp holdouts and a lot of this other stuff that happens throughout the course of preseason, where that, that this is like the the Tuesday is like the drop dead date. Right. Um, so if he's not here but to uh, active because he is currently designated as a player who didn't show up. So if he shows doesn't show up, um, his restricted free agency kicks out another year. So he is very much um, in, invested, I would say, or or, or uh, he has a lot on the line if he does not come tomorrow. If he doesn't, you know, fine. Because I mean, if it is really a personal issue and he needs that extra day. One day it's probably not going to be, you know, if, 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 if 2020 or 2021 isn't going to be possible because he falls off again, you know, that one day won't make a difference. But from a, uh, a, a, a contractual standpoint, he, uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of whispers that he will be back by tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to assume they have uh, either Corey's character was to the point where they just didn't need him in a, in a rebuilding locker room. Uh, which is very, very much a, a possibility because, by all accounts, um, Jarvis Landry has really taken over as like the leader in that wide receiver room. He'd have to. And then, but but secondly, um, you know, they either they they must have something in the works. Um, I would assume uh, if they don't, you know, then it was clearly a Corey issue. If they, but if they do, you know, whether it's Josh returning, whether it's Dez, whether it's whomever, um, you know, they they have to have something planned because right now. You have Jarvis. Your, your your leading your number one receiver is a slot guy um, who will be flanked by Lord knows who. Um, you know, come you and know, come, come regular season or come preseason. I know they're saying there's going to be a lot of two tight end sets with Devolve and Joku and stuff, but that that doesn't make me feel much better about the receiver Not <laughs> situation. Um, you know, so we'll see. I, I do think this is the first of probably a sequence of moves. At least I hope I hope it is because you know John Dorsey has historically been a guy being willing to take, you know, roll the dice on character issues. That's right. Um, you know, he did it with Tyreek Hill in Kansas City. Paid off. Um, you know, he did, it, he did it with that kid this year and then the draft. Um, you know, so there had to be something there that led them to, uh, to make this move to Buffalo. Um, you know, and, you know, it sucks for Corey because he's going from what could have been a decent career-resurrecting quarterback situation here to going to Buffalo. 
Jeez Louise, dude. And when you're looking at it like, uh, oh, yeah, it'd be better on the Browns. God, dude, you are in a dismal, dismal place right there. Um, One of the things that has me optimistic about this upcoming Browns season is uh, the return of Jamie Collins. And I know he made some noise during the uh, the inner inner squad scrimmage right there. What is his return going to mean to the defensive unit? Hopefully good things. I mean, he, he the, the the issue was he, I don't know if it was a Greg Williams situation or what, but he even when he was on the field last year, he wasn't really turning a lot of heads. Um, you know, maybe he was playing dinged up. Maybe he was, you know, just playing out of position in a, in a new defensive scheme. Um, you know, but they brought him back for a reason, and he's a well-compensated individual. So you have to hope that uh, that, that he can, you know, rebound from, uh, from last season's injury play uh, campaign. I, you know, I do think they made a lot of moves to shore up that linebacker unit in the event that something were to happen again. Um, you know, I can't think of that the the guy's name they added late in the free agency period, but by all accounts, is uh, going to provide terrific depth for that unit. So, you know, I, Greg Williams is going to be running out of uh, excuses in terms of personnel here because they've done a lot to, you know, they've they've addressed the, the uh, defensive backfield be a free agency, and then, by the way, you know, the Denzel Ward pick, you know, there's a chance he could be the best player in this defensive player in this draft class. And they, they've added again, you know, but they, their one pro bowler was a, was a linebacker, and they added another one. So there's, you know, you have to hope, it might not just be Collins' return necessarily, but you have to hope that his, his, his return is a part of a, of a gigantic step forward for this defense. We're talking to uh, Scott from Ring for Next Year.com. I'm reading this tweet from Field Yates, and I, I have now here the Browns' first rounders 2012 through 2016. Trent Richardson traded in a year. Brandon Whedon cut in two years. Barkevius Mingo traded in three years. Justin Gilbert traded in two years. Johnny Manziel cut in two years. Danny Shelton traded in three years. Cam Irving traded in two years. Corey Coleman traded in two years. Now I'm going to take out Brandon Whedon and Johnny Manziel because it's unfair because that's the quarterback position. Out of the rest of those players, what's the biggest whiff by the Browns in the first round out of the rest of those players? Was Gilbert one of those guys? Yeah. Yeah, it's him. Um, You know, you, you know, you trade again. You trade down. Not that Sammy Watkins, um, you know, is 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 lighting the world on fire. Um, you, you trade down in that draft, and you trade back up to get him. And he didn't want to play football. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you know, the, the Shelton, Shelton, uh, a lot of Mingo. You know, a lot of those guys. That that Mingo draft class. That if you look at that top ten, I mean, that, there was going to be a bust regardless of who they took there. Um, the Shelton, I think he just kind of got lost in the shuffle of the changing regimes and the changing defensive schemes. Um, you know, you could argue a lot of those guys were just a, you know, uh, they, they fell to the consequence of, of the, the constant turnover in Berea. Um, but, uh, but a shutdown DB is supposed to be able to play regardless of the situation. Exactly right. And, and, and Justin Gilbert, I mean, the stories about that kid are, you know, are, you know, you got to talk about Corey Coleman. I mean, they're 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 limitless, and there's a reason why he's out of the, he's he's not just traded. He's not he's not on a team right now. And I think if you list off, if you go through the rest of those guys again, quarterback notwithstanding, like you mentioned, I think he's the only one not on an NFL roster. So there, that makes that a pretty easy answer. That is Scott from WFNY.com. Scott, we uh we really appreciate you, dude, and uh, dude, thanks for joining us every week, and we'll talk to you again next Monday. That's Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Check him out on Twitter at WFNY Scott. And your opportunity to head to Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival is now. 
Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, text the keyword Vegas to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rate supply. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Another opportunity at the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival will be at 9 a.m. this morning. That's when you get your next keyword. And then Teresa will have your third opportunity of the day, that being at 11 a.m. this morning. Social media has taken down another victim. This time, a movie director, James Gunn, who you may not know his name, but you'll know the movies he directed, which were the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I know he's been attached to those. My guess is he's probably done some other stuff which got him those movies. I don't necessarily know. But I have said many, 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 many times that the leftists of this country job hunt better than conservatives do. Via the social media. And they do. But now conservatives have heard that battle cry from me for some, apparently, and now they're getting better at it. Because this was a conservative group who went out and found old tweets from James Gunn, and he has now been released by Disney because they're the ones that, they're the one that, they're the company that has this movie that owns this franchise, and they're going to take him out. And I have some of these tweets here. Um, let me see here. The Expendables was so manly, I effed the S out of the little sissy boy next to me. The boys are back in town. That's weird. At Michael Rooker, dude, I should have invited you to this event. Was in your movie. He said you had him castrate a little boy. Weird. Eagle snatches kid is what I call when I get lucky. That's what I call it when I get lucky. I That's not great. Um, let me see here. The first time I masturbated to Justin Bieber, it was a joke. But now I can't stop. He's like masturbation crack. Hashtag fake retweet. Um, I'm doing a big Hollywood film adaptation of The Giving Tree with a happy ending. The tree grows back and gives the kid oral. Oh, Jesus. The Hardy Boys and mystery of what it feels like when Uncle Bernie... Oh, you know what? I'm not even going to finish reading that one. Okay, all right. So now, like, the stars of this movie now are all speaking out and saying, this isn't fair, don't do it, not fair. And this is what I've always been saying. Is you can't celebrate when outrage mobs, you know, end things because sooner or later they're going to come for the thing that you love. And what was it just the other day where I said, look, and now they are coming for that thing that you love. Urban Meyer. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, Urban Meyer was part of that thing, which, by the way, that thing holds the thing still getting messy. He had had already said he lied. Now he's saying he didn't lie. We'll wait and see what happens with Urban Meyer. My best guess is we're going to scapegoat the AD. That way the coach gets to stay exactly where uh, everybody wants the coach to stay. We'll see how that turns out. But Kurt Russell now, he says, we're getting a little too sensitive on what's going on here. Um, he says, it's sad, but it's part of our fabric now, and I get it. But I do, I do think we're getting a little too sensitive on maybe some of the wrong people. Basically saying, look, James Gunn's a decent dude. 
But we don't know that, and neither do you, Kurt Russell, really. At the end of the day, you, you, you were directed by this guy in a movie, which my guess is, Kurt Russell, you got way more power in Hollywood than James Gunn. So if you tell that guy, dude, I'm sitting in the trailer until exactly when the camera starts rolling, that's what's happening. You don't re- I mean, you might, it's very possible for a director not to have the power to actually direct a guy like Kurt Russell. I, I understand that there has been a, an over-slapping of the outrage button. I think there's no denying that. I think no matter who you are, you need to accept that. But this is a Disney-owned property, and this dude's making jokes about banging children. You know what I mean? Like, I understand why from their perspective, dude, this is not okay. something that we want to have on, have on our staff. Fair point. But when does it become the problem of the company to have not vetted the director? Like, you know you're Disney. You know you're a children's thing. Oh, Why yeah. are you not vetting the director? Yeah, how did you not know about this? You're getting your paid. And I don't know what James Gunn got paid to direct these movies, but these guys can make like tens of millions of dollars to direct movies. If you're going to spend that kind of money, why are you not vetting the people that you're giving this money to? And I mean, somebody that you've been associated with, I mean, the first Marvel movie he was on was... Thor in 2013. So he's one of these comic book movie guys. Yeah, I mean, okay. he was a part of Dawn of the Dead in the early 2000s, and he did a Scooby-Doo movie, and he was part of like the um, um, like the trauma movies, like uh, Toxic Avenger and stuff like that. Okay, all right. So he was, so he was on board with all those, and like, yeah, dude, I agree with you 100% of like, dude, why didn't you know about this five years ago? Why didn't you know about this six years ago? But once you know about something... Well, you know why? I'll tell you why. Because the standard isn't hold the company accountable. The standard is fire the director and Disney's not in trouble. That's why Disney's like, you know what? Why bet it? At the end of the day, why, 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 why don't look into it. All we got to do is scapegoat the director and we're still fine. Nobody blames us. We, they blame the director, which is crazy. So Dave Bautista is also in these movies. And he says it's nauseating to work for Disney after the abrupt ousting of his colleague. He says, I will do what I'm legally obligated to do. But Guardians without James Gunn is not what I signed up for, he tweeted. He says, Guardians of the Galaxy without James Gunn just isn't Guardians of the Galaxy. It's also pretty nauseating to work for someone who'd empower a smear campaign by fascists. Hashtag cyber Nazis. That's just how I feel, he added. I mean, he said these things, and I understand that, well, you don't understand context, and that's why you shouldn't make jokes about having sex with minors in the written form. I mean, you shouldn't probably make jokes about that, period, but like... Yeah, dude, if a stand-up comedian did it and you could hear it, I think it comes off a little bit different. It's probably still like, uh. But like, for a lot of people, it'd still be like, uh. But I I think it would be different. Now, I, I, I got a plan to fix all of this. Okay. I can fix social media outrage, and here's how we're going to do it. Some of you don't know this because some of you were too young and weren't actually on Twitter when it first premiered, you know, in 2009. I was. My boss came into the studio live on the air and said, there's this new thing. You three are downloading it right now and we're going to premiere it on the show next. You forget that when Twitter first came out, everybody used it to be as harsh as humanly possible. That's what it was. As a matter of fact, one of the first things that went viral on Twitter were drug dealers explaining how to make crack and like like vine, like putting up videos and pictures of like them making crack and recipes of crack and everybody was like look i found the recipe for crack or crack on twitter and we all laughed if you posted the recipe for that today and if you posted a how to video on making crack today you know drug addictions is serious business in america i mean people die i mean you probably shouldn't make fun of it i mean seriously right i mean people die i mean that's who we've become since twitter has come out so here's what I'm going to say. There are plenty of like off-color jokes that I made on Twitter and since 2009, since having it. Plenty. Tons. 
thousands. I'm guessing stuff pretty close to that. Like, not necessarily the same you know, genre of like sleeping with kids, but stuff that would be questionable for sure. Language that would be questionable for sure. Not even questionable. Language that would get me fired today for sure. So why don't we make this the standard, America? Admit now, we're pussies. We're soft. We no longer have the resolve we once had. We're cowards. And let's say now that August 6th, 2018 is the hard deck. This is the hard deck. You cannot go under 10,000 feet. So here's what we do. 8-6-2018. You tweet anything like this after today, then yeah, you get fired. But if we go back into your Twitter account nine years ago, you don't get to fire somebody over that. How about that? How about that in nine years you can become a different person, you can change, you can evolve, and you can better? So how about we don't outrage mob and fire people over something they did a decade ago and we make a hard deck and you say if you start from this date and you continue to do this after this date, you can no longer work for these companies. But at the end of the day, somebody just went out and got James Gunn fired because they were upset somebody that they liked was doing something and they got fired. This is tit for tat here. That's all this is. Yeah, but them... Yeah, but what about them? Yeah, but what about, should it be this, if this? I've said it a thousand times. We are think-piecing ourselves into dumbassery. You're soft. You're bitch-made. Time to toughen up, America. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Guess hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come. Yo guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, 9 o'clock. We'll send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Sean Mendez, Imagine Dragons, Jack White, Fleetwood Mac, all part of that. We'll send you, get you out of Ohio for a little while, send you to Las Vegas. Miss Las Vegas. I, uh, I saw this, and I've always said, man, if I won the lottery, I'm not sure I'd quit my job. I like my job. And I've been here four years now, so I'll stop lying to you. I would walk... <laughs> I would walk the hell out of here immediately. <laughs> immediately. The first two years, can't I needed you to like me. Like, I, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you grease the wheel. No, I'd probably stay. Probably stay. No, no, no. I'd be out. I would be out. Especially, dude, like, these... All right, so these 11 people went in and bought tickets together, right? Okay. They won $543 million, right? That's a lot. Now, they all chipped in $2 for uh, their shares, all right? Now, they could take the full 543 up front over... Or, I'm sorry, over 30 years or take the final lump sum... Which would be three hundred and twenty million dollars. Now both of those are before taxes. So let's say they, let's say they take the bulk of the money up front, three twenty. Now that's still taxes. I'm gonna guess that that's gonna leave you somewhere around one hundred and sixty million dollars. Okay, cut it in half. Welcome to the federal government, right? So yeah, you got to give the government half of something you won. I, oh, okay. Um, so about one hundred and sixty million dollars is what you'd get. Now these eleven people say, yeah, we're not gonna quit our jobs. Now, if, if my math holding up here, 160, 160 some million dollars, 11 people, so what, am I, what are we talking, 10, 11 million dollars a piece? Somewhere in there. Somewhere right around there, right? 
Why, dude? We're talking ten million. If you're talking half a million, well, then yeah, you have to keep working. A million dollars is not enough not to work anymore. It's not. It's not. It's not. Unless you are. It's not. In, unless you're in a crap job and you're like, you know what, I'm going to quit this job, take a little bit of time, go find another job, maybe. But like, what, dude, you just won $10 million. What the hell are you staying at work for? Now, it does go on to tell me that they do work in the financial industry. Okay. And that, I mean, if you're an investment banker, don't you almost want to keep doing it? Just because, dude, you probably, I mean, you're not supposed to, but you got the inside information. You got that $10 million. Now you can make serious moves. Now, did they did they explain what they are? Because my girlfriend works in the financial industry. She's quitting her job if we play. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. Technically, under the, yeah, your woman oh, could, right. on a job application, she could write financial industry. You're right. She could do that. So, yes, I guess it could just be, I mean, not, they could be tellers, I guess. But they say, we look, we love our company. We love what we built there. We have a good time, and we want to stay together, these 11 people said. I think this is what they're saying today. Yeah. Six months, at least one of them's out. Now, I had said, nah, I'd probably walk out. What I would say is this, though. Would I maybe, if you gave me $11 million, go, all right, I'm quitting Rock 106.9. See ya. I'm done. But given the fact that you can broadcast from your home anymore now, um, with like the podcast and the video cast world, would I maybe entertain the idea of being able to do a show without having to worry about outrage mobs, like getting me fired if I say the wrong thing and like legitimately taking a microphone and really just letting it go and like versus like posting the meme on Facebook. I have no F's to give. And meanwhile, you edit the F word. So you got plenty of F's to give give. and like legitimately turning on the microphone with no F's to give and see what can happen there. I might be interested in that. I'd be interested. The only thing I would say is like you would do that, but you wouldn't do it as a as like with any regularity. Once a week, maybe there'd be something that got you all hot and bothered, and you turn on the mic and you go, CEOs. Right, right, and you'd scream for a little bit. But like that's you're not going to be able. You know, don't get me wrong. People would follow, but like you couldn't build a new like brand there. So like. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not staying in where you are. I'm not. But would I? Would I take any job? I don't know, dude. Ten million bucks. Why? Well, again, dude. Like doing a doing a video cast out of your house isn't a job. That's you just kind of like screwing around. Right. So I could see myself maybe like outfitting like the basement in the new house I bought and like doing like you know what, dude? Let's really do this. Like really do it and 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 not be afraid and do it twice and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going. I'm going to Bali. What am I doing here? Yeah. I mean, because I, I think I'm like, well, I don't know, it might be kind of fun, but you know what's more fun? Sitting in the golf cart, drinking right. beer, <laughs> you know what I mean? not right. doing anything, eating whatever the hell I want. That is definitely more fun. Um, I asked some people over the weekend what the first thing they would do if they won the lottery was. And a lot of these people, I don't know if this is sad or if it's actually encouraging, they, they were a little too um, even-keeled, level-headed. I'd pay off my mortgage. I pay for my kids to go to college. That's because you don't have money now. That, those were poor people dreams of like, oh, I could, I could, you know, I could, I could pay off, all right, pay off your house. That's what your big, big plan is. That's poor people dreams, dude. Another guy told me, he says, you know what I would do? I would buy Rock 106.9 and I would never play Aerosmith ever again. Congratulations, dude. You'd go broke in about a year. Yeah, I was going to say, tank the whole damn thing. Yeah. Uh, Aerosmith's a pretty big band. You'd go broke inside of a year. Your shot at the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9.
Yo guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. This report is is brought to you by Taco Bell. 6-9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. And we'll send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival momentarily. Is when we'll do that. A couple of people uh, writing in about uh, that lottery story where 11 people had won. They're not going to quit because they work in the financial industry. And I guess they built the company together and they like like it and want to you know continue to do it or whatever. And uh, I mean, maybe, I guess. And, you know... Uh, Courtney tweets and says, I don't know if I could ever not work. Millions or not. Uh, she goes, I work in a salon and a spa in Canton. Scott Talbot, I guess, is what it's called. She says, I love it. She goes, I may cut back a couple of days, maybe only work three days a week, something like that. She's like, but I don't think I could ever quit my job. And see, there are people. My brother's wife is this person. My sister-in-law, Roxanne, you could drop off $500 million at my brother's house today. Roxanne's going to get up, get dressed, and go to work today. Like, she just... That's who she is. It's like it, it's she's defined by partially by her work and well her motherhood on top of that. But like she's what Roxanne would tell you is I've worked very hard for my career, so I don't want to just give up on it and I enjoy it. I think most people would find a way, especially if your job's your passion, they would find a way to further that cause but not still work. Like this woman, yeah, like I, I like doing hair still and I still want to do that, but you don't like your boss. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's more than just what you get to go do. It's what you have to deal with as a part of that. Most people say they would quit their jobs because unfortunately, and this is the awakening that needs to happen in this country, this is the revolution that needs to happen in this country right here. Is the reason why everybody says they would quit their job is because you hate what you do. Like, you hate your job. Most people, this is this is a sad statistic. I read once that 79% of the people in the country, 79% of the country, don't just dislike their job. They hate it. They loathe it. Almost 80% of the country loathes their job. That's sad. It's one of the things I'm most grateful for in life. First. That I enjoy my job. It's, dude, my... My health, like overall, like being, you know what, like I don't like I'm not missing limbs. I'm not like stuff like that. Probably first. Maybe another one right before. (laughs) Maybe another one right before that. Maybe one of those luck things you get born with. But might be happy with that one first. But then, yeah, the fact that I don't like I woke up today at like 430 in the morning, had to get ready to go to work. Did I want to come? No. Did I want to wake up at 4.30? No. But a lot of you woke up today and were like kicking stuff in your in right. your house because I'm, that's, my not, that's not my life. Now, see, there's the thing, though, is that like we talk about these, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Today, you had to do. You had to wake up at 4.30 because you had to come get this paycheck. Yeah. When that alarm goes off one day when you've got $10 million and you just don't feel like it anymore, you ain't going in and you're going to quit. When you're like, oh, I'm going to keep being a hairstylist, yeah, until you're like on vacation in Italy and they're like, well, hey, Tuesday, you got to shift over at Best Cuts. You better get back there you're gonna be like nah i'm good bro your boss is a dick to you one day yeah. and you're just gonna take it because dude no you're not you got 10 million dollars you're gonna tell people to go after themselves back in the day if you would ask me while growing up what are you gonna do i mean I, it would have been all like the young boy stuff ferrari you know what i mean it would have right, been, right, right, right. been all that right it would have been all that now 
I've said it a thousand times. Coast of Oregon, somewhere over there, I'd be there for sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe Utah, but it would probably be the coast of Oregon. And what I fantasize about most, I, I swear to God this is true. What I fantasize about most is, all right, got it. I, I hired my lawyer. I got my accountant. I got all that stuff. I got my American Express black card in my right. pocket. I got my private flight to my new place. And then there I am, and the last thing, the, the first thing I do, as soon as that plane leaves the runway, I log into all my social media accounts, delete account, and just lean back in that plush chair in that private plane and laugh hysterically like a Bond villain, just so thrilled over the fact that I don't have to deal with it anymore, I think that people, my life gets quiet finally. People have such a hard time wrapping their head around that kind of money. It, it, that that $10 million where you literally could just go disappear. Like, that's the thing. It's like, yes, when you get on that flight and when you it's are over. sitting there, it's it, over. you can just go disappear. So many people, like you said, like we're like, oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pay off my mortgage. It's like, no, you're not an idiot. You got $10 million. You're going to do a whole hell of a lot more with it. It's just hard to wrap your head around that kind of case. Yeah, I mean, how do you start? Uh, you're absolutely right about that. It's But there is a little bit of like that where I, I do kind of – it seems weird for that to be the aspiration, but I always say this like I'm tired. Like, and and part of it is because I wake up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work. Part of it is that I'm getting older. That's definitely part of it. But also, it's because of like the the negativity that comes with like paying attention to the news and timelines and reading. Excuse me, reading this story and doing that and doing that. There's so much. Like, I always feel like there's so much baggage of it that I. I one of the things I'm very. I would be very interested to find out. Is how do I feel? Not the first day, not the day the cat the, the check is cashed, but three days in, when I've had the money, I've now I had the one wild night. Now I'm like three, four days in, like waking up that morning, no alarm clock, no nothing. Do I feel better? Am I? Is it weight off my body? Do I feel yeah. like less stressed? Do I? Does it feel like like maybe these bags underneath my eyes will just go away naturally because I'm rested? The good thing you can pay for the plastic surgery, but uh, not it, allowed it, to do it. You will, you'll feel that there's new stresses that are going to come in. Come in, in it's part not of that. that you won't find new problems. It will take care of the problems you currently have. But one of the problems, and you talk about deleting social media and how you can just oh, kind of disappear. One of the problems a lot of people say about social media is that you then exist in an echo chamber. You're just hearing what you want to hear. You win that ten million dollars, bro. Everything is an echo chamber in your life because you literally can hide from all that stuff. Maybe right. not day three, but month. Three, year three, 100%. You've got a different view of the world because you've lived in this $10 million echo chamber where it's like, yeah, dude, nothing, nothing I don't want to see, nothing I don't want to be a part of is getting into here. I honestly, I think the first thing I would do is donate a large money to charity. And I know you think I'm joking, but I'm not. And here's why. Here's why. Okay. Karma's real, bro. On some level, it kind of is. And if I OD on drugs and I'm wrong about God, I want him to be like, dude, get your ass in here, bro. Get on in here. I gave you all that money. You did the right thing day one. Get in here. To get in here. Okay. I, I, to me... I, in I, my world, dude, God takes bribes. <laughs> to me, it's much more... Um, I, I, I just wouldn't want to make a huge decision right out of the gate. I mean, would I do $10 million? It's like after a death, they tell you not to do stuff like that. Yeah, right. like take a breath. Ten, $10 million, am I cutting off $1,000 checks? Yeah, but dude, I'm not cutting off million dollar ones. They always say that, well, honestly, if you come into a large sum of money like that, what you should do is help friends, but not put anybody on easy street. Because that's how you're going to go broke. But if they need help with like their visa bill or whatever, do that. But then, don't ever give anybody like a large bulk of money. I'm glad I don't have a lot of friends.
right? Yeah, no. <laughs> That's a good thing for me. I would have no friends at that point. None. <laughs> then plastic surgeries are, I go full swordfish. Just change the whole face. I want nobody to recognize me. I need to be able to move around. Your shot at the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival right now. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Another opportunity at the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival, 11 o'clock this morning with Teresa. She'll get you hooked up with your next keyword, 11 a.m. I posted this at uh, Facebook.com slash Stansberry Show. I, uh, I saw this uh, on uh, Facebook's platform, and so I decided to share it. Apparently, um, somewhere, I don't know exactly where in Ohio this was, but apparently the, like, the freeway had gotten backed up from an accident, All right. and it was not moving. And so people got annoyed. And we're like, you know what? We're not just going to sit in this car. That's dumb. They got out on the side of the road, took out the cornhole boards, and started playing, there it is. Started playing cornhole on like the berm of the freeway. By, I mean, nobody's moving. It's, you're, you're not going to get hit. And one of the guys writes in and says, he's like, Jake says, dude, I could never do that. I have a phobia about holding up traffic. And if I was still playing when it started to move, I would feel terrible. I totally have that. Yeah, because I was going to say, now one person doing this, it's like, oh, yeah, it's funny and it's fun. But like if everyone had that mindset of, hey, we can get out of our cars now, that adds huge minutes onto it, right? Yeah, there's like four of them just sitting out there on the side of the road, just just chucking cornhole bags. I get it. I would. I, I would be hard pressed not to do the same thing of get, of getting out of the car. But like, dude, yeah, you, 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 he is right there. You are holding traffic up even further. At Can that I point. be honest about the fact that I, I don't, I don't always understand the obsession with the cornhole there. Okay, tell okay. me more. What's the? First of all, I don't like saying it. Okay, I'm uh, <laughs> so surprised. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I don't. No, I'm not a fan. Do you feel cornhole too close to beehole there? Well, I mean that's. I had always, that's what I had always, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, every we've okay. all seen Jay and Silent Bob. Right. We're going to take them back to the prison, cornhole them. You right. know what I mean? Like, that's what that means. So why are, like, 60-year-old moms just yelling cornhole in backyards? It's, uh, it's weird. It's creepy. Stop it, it. It is It is funny how words change meanings over time. And I mean, Notice that, the video game version says bag toss. Like, they don't say cornhole on the side of that. And that, I think, is a regional kind of Great Lakes thing where not everyone calls it cornhole. A lot of, a lot of areas of the country call it bags. Like, that's very common. So maybe it is. People are like, dude, well, let's not name it after buttholes. <laughs> let's let's call it something else That's here. What I'm saying, right? Like, I just don't make me say it. And it's like, fun, I, though. I I see, I like, I see this like every Thursday. I'll see it. Almost time to get out of work. You know, tomorrow last day at work. Then I go sit in the backyard, just drink beer, and play cornhole all weekend. I, now look, I, I dude, I play golf. That's as dumb as cornhole. Like, I, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, I mean, come on. So, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna act like one's like super, you know. But it just, I just don't get it. It's, it's, it's one of those easy drinking games, obviously, and the fact that you can do it in your backyard for relatively low cost. Isn't it really just a symbol of I wish I wasn't at my neighbor's house for this cookout right now, so I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Where would you put it in the rest of the in the in the realm of the backyard games? I mean, I think it's one of the better ones. Oh, I'd rather play a flag football game in the backyard than play cornhole. Um, the thing I'm going to say about that is most people aren't willing to put forth the physical effort of a flag football game. It's going to be a lot harder to get so together. So cornhole's the lowering of the standard for the fat ass American. Sure, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean All that's right. that's that's really what it is. Would you rather volleyball or cornhole? Um, 
if I'm drinking and it's like a party, cornhole, cornhole, yes, cornhole. I would agree with that. Yeah. So that's that's I guess kind of the thing is like, is this a company picnic where you're not getting drunk, or is this like a a, a family or friends picnic where you're drinking beers? Because that makes a difference too. Maybe they named it that because you constantly bend over to pick up the bags and everybody standing behind you has to stare at it like you're the, like you're the cat of the party. But you compare just showing it, your bee hole. You compare it. You compare it to like bocce ball. I'd rather play cornhole. Oh, you compare I it, disagree. You compare it to like I mean even. Like lawn darts, I'd still probably rather play cornhole. Well, yeah, I'd rather not lose an eye. <laughs> so, so yes, I mean, I can't believe, dude. I got like, I remember I got my Sportcraft. It was like the Kmart brand, I think. Right. Like lawn dart set when I was a kid. Right. I, I looked at my brother and I was like, Doesn't dude, seem safe. Did, my, <laughs> did mom and dad feel like you don't have enough weapons <laughs> to like ruin my childhood with? Like, why did they just give you darts to throw at me? In which, I mean, once again, it's probably why we got into cornhole territory, because wasn't lawn darts essentially an early form of cornhole there? So you, t- you take that out and you put, you know, beanbags in there. This guy, George, says, hey, Grandma, get ready for the flag football game, basically saying, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, is your grandma playing cornhole? Yeah, that's the thing is everyone can do it. It's relatively low, low impact. You know, there's nothing happening. All you're doing is moving your Everybody arm a little bit right guy. there. We're going to cornhole with Grandma. <laughs> Sounds. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, dude! Only on this show will you cornhole a grandmother. <laughs> Is that it? Are we done cornholing grandmas? I think we got it. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if I do what I if I won the lottery, but I. I might find out what I do when I get fired. <laughs> might find out. Might find out what happens there. Again, another opportunity at the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival with uh, your new morning show host, Teresa. <laughs> that, will be, that will be at 11 a.m. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. You guys hang. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. Teresa will send you out to Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That will be at 11 o'clock. Um... So, is it Charlotte Ray died? Which was, um, what's her name from the Facts of Life? I forget the, the name. I forget what her name was on the show. Which is so funny because that's how everybody's telling me she died is by Mrs. Garrett. Yeah, there you go. Mrs. Garrett died. Now, you, if you listen to the show, you should know we're the show that gets that that doesn't really get down with like morning like or about going overboard over celebrity death i got a little carried away with tom petty big huge uh, deal for me but like outside of that we try to stay somewhat in bounds here's a good rule like i said earlier today i want a hard deck for firing people over tweets meaning today if you tweet anything awful after today this point forward you should be fired anything from 10 years ago nah we'll we'll allow for growth right we'll allow for societal standards to have changed in the 10 years twitter's been around which they totally have so i want a hard deck we'll start this way this day move forward much, I have a very simple rule for celebrity death, too. If you have to go on and say Mrs. Garrett died uh, because people won't know what you're talking about if you say Charlotte Ray, then we probably don't have to do it. If you don't know their name and you just know them by their character name, that's probably that's probably a good rule of thumb. Let's just leave it off the timeline. At that point, I mean, for all intents and purposes, she's been dead. Mrs. Garrett has been dead since Forever. right since since different strokes was over. 90, whatever so, it was, like, I don't know. I mean, it's impressive. not. I think really what it is to me is you get a Mount Rushmore, you get four, four. people. I like it, and those are those four people can be your dude. Hey, this celebrity died. They were one of my favorites, you know. And if Mrs. Garrett is on your celebrity four. 
then you're an idiot. I, I was gonna say, I guess. I mean, do what you want with your with your with your Mount Rushmore there. But once it turns into a a a memorial service when every goddamn celebrity dies, when the bass player from Yes died, and you were like, oh my gosh, gone too soon. And it's like, dude, no, it's not. It's not too soon. Mrs. Garrett was ninety two years old. It's it's about time. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's really okay. I uh, now I did love that show. Um, there was something about do Blair was like the ultimate 1980s chick. Like that was like the ultimate 1980s chick, and that was like a huge like crush of mine when I was a kid. And and so like I, I get the show, and yeah, it started kind of Clooney and that whole thing, and like that. You know, what I mean, I get it, but like if Mrs. Garrett is is the thing, like I just I guess I don't get it. How do I go on today? I don't know. You wake up and you go to work, like we all had to do. You're you're gonna be fine. Yeah, it's really not all that difficult. More opportunities for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival happen all day. Your next one is at 11 a.m. with Teresa. Aside from that, we're done. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Podcast will be up shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry 